Hey, my friend, welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My name is Lori Seitz. I'm an entrepreneur, mentor, founder of Zen Rabbit, and your guide in moving from fine to fantastic. I love inspiring others to listen to their inner voice and encouraging them to take the steps toward fulfilling their soul. Join me here as we navigate through life transformation, moving from that place where you say everything's fine, it's just fine, but you're really feeling a deep undercurrent of suck. How do you move from there to a renewed sense of yourself? You're in the right place for stories and experiences of self-discovery and courage to help you on your journey. And you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. My guest in today's episode is Wendy Isett. Wendy and I met through LinkedIn a few months ago. So anyone who says LinkedIn is only an online resume platform is mistaken. When we talked, Wendy was still in a career transition, evaluating her options. In our conversation, we talk about dealing with the humanness of life and evaluating what you're getting from staying stuck in fine. Because there's a reason you're not moving forward. And it's usually because you're still getting some benefit or payoff for staying there. We get into choosing how to feel, understanding what triggers certain emotions, and redirecting your thoughts. Wendy had gotten very comfortable and possibly even a tad complacent in a job she held for 20 years. And then one day, she was unceremoniously pushed out of the nest. Interestingly, she had known for a while that it was time to move on. She just wasn't acknowledging the signs. If that wasn't enough, she then experienced the passing of two important family members. It never ceases to amaze me how the universe drops all kinds of hints and arranges things in perfect order, though. Wendy had started taking courses to prepare for the next phase of life, although that wasn't exactly why she signed up. Nonetheless, that knowledge would become essential in the months ahead. Listen to hear the most important lessons she learned and applied from those courses and how you can use the same knowledge in your life. Quick reminder, today's episode is sponsored by Zen Rabbit. If you're tired of feeling like your life is stuck at fine and you'd like to move closer to a life that lights you up and fills you with excitement, go to zenrabbit.com to learn more about the Fine to Fantastic program. It's a platform where you can tap into gratitude, connections, and courage with others who are looking for the same confidential space in which to blossom. Hello, and welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My guest today is Wendy Isett, and I am so excited to talk with you about your journey, Wendy. Thank you for joining us. Oh, hi, Lori. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Let's start out with where I tend to start all of these conversations. And I'm just curious, what were the beliefs that were instilled in you as you were growing up that affected you down the road or that you you see a connection to? Um, You know, I grew up like a lot of other Gen X women, you know, in the 70s and 80s, our parents had long steady jobs they were company men you know my dad was a company man he worked for the state you know never left once he was in he was in 
retired with 25 years. Um, you know, my mom was this super kind, loving, open, friendly, all the neighborhood kids loved her. Um, you know, so really it was about kindness and loyalty. And so for me, that has, has really played into my life. I mean, I just left a, a job after almost 20 years you know, yeah. in, in one department. So, you know, those were, were two biggies, I think, that a lot of us kind of grew up with. So loyalty was instilled in you that that was a, a really important thing to have. And then that and played out in you staying in a job for 20 years. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got yeah. to stick around for that watch. You right, know? right. <laughs> when, do, when do you get that? Is that 25 or 50? I don't know. I didn't get it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So then if that's the belief that was instilled in you, you were and you stayed at this job for 20 years. At what point did you think maybe this isn't where I should be, but I need to stay here anyway? Well, I think, you know, you you cross over, you know, I, I took the job because I wanted it. You know, I had mm -hmm. started with this organization fresh out of college, got a, a job offer for a newspaper, left and, and went and worked for a newspaper for a couple of years. And then they called me back and said, you know, we have this position in a different department and we really would like for you to come back and, and take this job. Do you want it? And at the time, it just fit. You know, mm -hmm. the commute was closer. We were growing our family. Everything just just kind of fit. And so I went and it was very exciting. You know, lots of upward movement in the first, you know, 10 years, what have you. And then I think once you, you sort of hit that benchmark, you know, I see a lot of young people moving, you know, two and three years at a job. And, you know, they go and they spend another two or three years at a job and then they hop to the next one. Um, and for me, the the job movement happened internally. So when I got to about the 10 year mark, it was like, well, I I'm on track to be here forever. Mm -hmm. You know, why would I leave? Yeah, because you were still happy. Yeah, I was still happy. Uh -huh. And you know, and then you, you get comfortable. Yes. And then everything is fine. Mm -hmm. Because you're comfortable, it's familiar you know, you're, you're used to a particular salary, you get into a rhythm, you know, the people, you know, the, the company, you know, the products, you know, everything is just comfortable. Yeah, which can lead to complacency. It can. And, and you just, I don't think you realize how complacent you are. Um, yeah, until you're faced with either an opportunity or something happens and you have to, you have to make a change. It, it's not even your choice anymore. And then suddenly you realize, wow, you know, maybe, maybe I was complacent. Maybe I was too comfortable, you mm -hmm. know, and suddenly you get a jolt of, you know, in inspiration, I'll call it, you know, you realize you were stuck and you didn't realize you were stuck at the time. Yeah. Um, so what what was it that shook you into I don't know if if reality is the right word, but but helped you realize that you were complacent, too comfortable. What happened that moved you off of fine? Off of fine, I think was actually being faced with the fact that I no longer had that comfortable job, and that I had to get out of that comfort zone and move forward. So for you, it was... Well, this, I, I, I missed a media goal. So you were asked to leave. Yes. That 
was kind of a reality check for you. Like, okay, now what am I going to do? Yes, exactly. And it, it was a jolt because I wasn't expecting it. it, you know, but when faced with it, I didn't feel like my life was going to end. I didn't feel like everything was over. I felt free mm. because I felt like, I, th- I think when you get complacent, you know, you sort of become the, the skyscraper with the scaffold that they're always fixing something and it's always being built. And it's, you know, you never actually see the building. But I, I was trying to describe it to my husband the day I lost my job when I, I said to him, I said, you know, I feel like I've had this scaffolding around me for a really long time. And now it's gone. Mm-hmm. And guess what? The building is still standing up. Yeah. You know, and now I I can be who I want to be, do what I want to do and go reinvent myself. Yeah. Whereas before, you know, I was just, I don't know if I was scared to do it, if I was too comfortable to do it. You know, I'm not sure what it was that held me back. When we're in that p- comfortable place, there's no reason to right. to do anything because nothing is nothing is urgent, nothing is important enough to move forward because right, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Exactly. And then it's so interesting how the universe or your higher power or whatever you want to refer to it as is like, okay, well now it's time to move. So they cause things to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether you're ready or not, that scaffolding as you referred to is coming down and look, right. the building is beautiful and ready to stand on its own. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's for me, you know, I had had a couple of signals over time, things had happened where mm. I sort of paused and said, maybe it's time to make a change. Nah, not now. I won't, mm-hmm. I won't do it now. Um, and then I felt like finally in October, the universe said, you know what, we're going to do this my way. Yeah. You're not listening. It, You're not taking the hints. So now I'm right. going to really make it very clear that it's time for you to go and, and, and fly, get out of yeah. the nest, yeah. you know, stand on your own, whatever metaphor you want to use. Right. You know, it, it's your time. So go do it. And it just so happened um, for me back in May, I had enrolled in a life coaching certification course because I wanted to leave the pandemic better than I went into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to just do it for my own personal development Um, at work, at home, with my scouts, whatever. I just wanted to be a better coach. And so as the course was winding down, that was sort of when everything happened for me. I was able to pause, put in the time, finish the course, get my certification. um, And that opened up some other doors for me. Uh, my mother passed away in January. If mm. I had been full, you know, a full-time employee for anyone but myself, I doubt I could have spent a month dealing with with that chapter of my life, you know, the way I did. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm a big believer in the universe talking. So, when it does, you should listen. Right. And the lesson again is when you're not listening. Or you're listening, because you said you saw the signs. You just were like, yeah, I'm not paying attention to those. I'm not going to acknowledge. So you might even be paying attention, but you're just not willing to accept yet until it goes, okay, well, here now we're going to make it super clear. Here's what's happening. And, Mm -hmm. And it works out, like you said, for the better, because it's arranging things that you can't see yet. And allowing uh, so allowing you that time to have with your mother that's really precious 
It is. It was actually, it was, it was great. So since then, how have things been playing out in terms of the, the coaching, the knowledge of the coaching, how has that helped you through this time? Cause I can imagine that even if you're not using the coaching, uh, as like, that's not necessarily what you're going to go into professionally. I know you're still kind of deciding on that. Mm-hmm. There are, I'm sure elements of it that have helped you through this transition. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I don't know that I, I could have made it through as, as smoothly as I have had I not been through the process of learning what I would share with clients or others that I was coaching. You know, just it's interesting when you go through and you learn about helping others reframe their circumstances, identify mm. their goals, develop action plans, you know, how, how happy are you in your life? You know, what, what does your circle of satisfaction look like? And, you know, all of those, those things to, to learn them, you have to do them. Yes. And so that was part of that realization that I was having in 2020. You know, I was learning to coach myself. Mm-hmm. And the universe was starting to kind of drop those hints, you know, of where I was happy and where I wasn't and where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do and really what I wanted to to have in my life. And I think as, you know, we tend to just kind of put ourselves on the back burner, especially yes. if we're, you know, moms and workers and we just stick ourselves on the back burner and we're fine provided everyone else is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got to that point, you know, I already had these tools in my toolbox to really sit and say, okay, how am I going to manage through this? What am I going to do? What do I really need? What did my job give me on a day-to-day basis? And how do I continue to, to have those things, you know, whether it's order or connections with people or just, you know, sharpening my axe, so to speak, you know, Mm -hmm. how to, you know, so I enrolled in some more classes, learned some more things, you know, committed to going out there and finding those connections that I had put on the back burner a long time ago, um, and put a a plan in place to make sure that I was taking care of myself, both professionally and personally, while at the same time, you know, emotions are very real. Yeah. And, it, you know, you have to experience them. You can't bottle them up because then you just become, you know, this toxic bottle of emotion that's ready to blow at any point in time. You have yeah. to kind of let them flow over you and deal with them constructively. And so I think that's really been just a really critical part of my process of working through the losses. You know, I've been joking and I said, you know, my life's like a country music song. And if you play it backwards, <laughs> I get my mom back, I get my cat back, I yes. get my job back, um, you know, and so it's all real, you know, and you just have to, to cope with it in a positive way. Yeah. And we talk about this in a lot of the episodes about feeling the feelings because Mm -hmm. this is part of being human. It's not about, yes, always finding the positive. And I want to get to that in a second, but it's also about feeling the emotions and dealing with the humanness of life. And right, like you said, not bottling it up because that's just, that never ends well. So uh, yeah. And 
I want to step back for a moment because you touched on something else that's, that's really important. And that was when you looked at your job of what were you getting from it? So in any situation, when a listener, one of our listeners is thinking about what their situation is fine, there's a reason you're not moving off of fine because the fire isn't hot enough or it's like we've said, it's comfortable, but you are getting something out of that situation. That's why you're still there. So it's important to look at what are you getting from this situation that is benefiting you because there are still benefits coming from it. So I thought that was an important thing that you mentioned that you looked at. What what was I getting from this job that was good, that was fueling you? Because it wasn't all bad. There was, it, it was, again, it was fine. So mm-hmm. analyzing what were, what were the good pieces and what would you change now that you're being forced to change and you have the choice, what, what would you do differently? But also looking at what were the good things from it? Well, you know, for me, I'm, I love to learn. I'm, I'm a learn it all. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm a know it all. I'm a learn it all. I love um, it. So I love the, the chance to get out there and, and learn something new and to just really break something apart and figure out how it works and, and go out and communicate that with other people. Mm. Um, you know, you get to a point after 20 years where there's not a lot left of that, um, which is not to say that, you know, there weren't new tricks to learn or new systems to learn. But when it came to, you know, just the subject matter, that had wound down a little bit, particularly during the pandemic, because, mm-hmm. you know, it was a lot of the same. And so there was that. But I could always find something to go sink my teeth into. You know, it's the people. Yeah. You know, I really, you know, had a great team we worked with, um, lots of longtime friendships, people that I've known now for a really long time, and I miss them. There wasn't a whole lot of them during the pandemic either. Yeah. So that had kind of already, you know, once you strip away the trappings of the office and the people and, the, mm-hmm. you know, the commute and, and all of those things, and you're just left with the work that's telling. And I still found it engaging. I don't want to give the wrong impression yeah. here. But, yeah. Yeah. but as far as, you know, what really intrigues me about doing something new is getting out there and digging into new subject matter. Challenging and, yourself and, in a different way. In our pre-show interview chat, you had mentioned and you started to get into it before I interrupted about the ability to choose how you feel. That's really important. And that's something that I've worked on for years. I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. You and I mean, I think anybody, even if you didn't know me, you know, I'm a pretty easy read when you meet me. I'm a very open person. I'm a communicator. So I don't play a lot of cards against my chest. You know, mm-hmm. my my hand mm-hmm. is pretty open. But I think really it is about choosing how you feel, particularly when you're just fine or the fire gets hot enough that you have to to make a decision that you may or may not be comfortable with, you know, and being able to control your response is is really very critical and I've had to learn it I had to have had to teach it to myself over the past couple years just because I've had to do it and it's for me like you and I I think in our our interview at the the front end of this we we had talked about my mother Mm -hmm. and we talked about grief and loss and the feelings that come with grief and loss and I think understanding you know what what it is you want in the moment mm-hmm. do you want to be sad maybe you want to be sad nothing maybe this nothing is a, wrong with that 
And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, maybe this is a self-care day. Maybe this Mm -hmm. is the day to go have your pity party Mm -hmm. if it's appropriate to do it. Yeah. But what, what, what happens when it's not appropriate to do it? You know, when the grief comes out of nowhere and you're in a situation where you cannot under any circumstance lose it, how do you control it? And, um, you know, we'll just use the, the my mother as a, an example, because that's obvious. And I think that's one that a lot of people can can relate to is I, I spin it, you know, I, I set out early on to decide how I was going to stop myself from being sad. Mm-hmm. When I wasn't in a situation where I could entertain it, because you have to entertain it at some point. And one of the things that I tend to do, and I had to think through this ahead of time, like you really do have to be very self-aware and think about your emotions, what triggers them and how you respond to them. Um, When I get, I was actually thinking about her just earlier today, right before our interview. And I I have to think of something fun. My -hmm. mother loved all of the silly little um, like snacks the, the the Twinkies with the the little marshmallow peep bunnies and they're the Twinkie <laughs> race cars with the marshmallow okay. bunnies and yeah she would always share those kinds of things with me on social media so when I st- start to feel sad mm-hmm. thinking about my mom all I have to do is envision this little Twinkie race car with <laughs> the marshmallow peep bunny okay and it makes me smile yeah, Instead I'm, of I'm thinking sad. about it right now. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah and, I've and seen it just, pictures. It makes me smile because she got yeah. such a kick out of those little treats. Yeah. You know, or, uh, you know, like the, mar- you know, marshmallow spiders and, you know, she had them for every season. I think she just kept a, a whole album of images on her phone and she would just send them to me periodically. But, you know, I have to have that in my head to redirect myself and kind of park the the sadness in its own little spot until I can deal with it later when it's more appropriate. Yeah, that's such a good example of redirecting your thoughts because in business, you have to think about all of the situations where certainly not focus on things that could go wrong, but think about what if this happens? What if that happens? And what would you do in all of those situations so that you are prepared? Athletes do it. All the high-performing uh, business leaders, athletes, you know, people who are performing at a high level, think about all the scenarios that could happen and what would, what would they do if they did happen so that they can be prepared. They're not wanting, they're not putting it out there that they want this to happen. They're just saying, it's a possibility, so I'm going to be prepared uh, so that I, I have it already thought out, so I'm not caught off guard. And that's like what you're doing. It makes sense to take that. I think a lot of people don't necessarily think that way. They might think that way in business, but they don't think that way in their personal life to, to use it the same way you've talked about. That's really interesting. One of the other things that we talked about was looking at those situations of what if this happens. We were talking about, it goes back to understanding what you need, knowing what you Mm -hmm. need and what can you do to get it. Yep. I, I think it really goes back to, I think with any kind of conflict, inner or outer conflict, um, we teach this to, to scout leaders all the time. It goes back to a very critical question, which is what do you want? You know, what do you want 
Um, and from there, you kind of ask yourself, okay, what are you doing to get it? How's that working for you? Love that question. And, and, and do you want to find another way? So for, you know, my, my coaching clients that, that are dealing with, you know, a loss or, or grieving through a loss, I always ask them, what do you want? Because if, if they don't want to move forward, they're not going to move forward. But mm -hmm. if they want to move forward and what they're doing isn't working, then we can move forward together and help them identify a path. And that applies in business. It implies, applies in personal lives. You know, it's, it's got all kinds of applications, really, young and old. Yeah. I use it all the time. Yeah. Um, but, but that first question is really, what do you want? Whether it's yourself, asking yourself, or asking another person. Yeah, in a relationship, yeah. It, mm -hmm. Getting that clarity, there's nothing that can come from lack of clarity. Cla clarity has to be the first place that you, the, the foundation for moving forward. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, um, you know, people don't even know what it is they want. Um, right. I love to tell this story. I'll just, I'll tell you this really quick story. I was mentoring a youth years ago and he, um, gosh, if he ever hears this, he'll kill me. He'll know it's him, but I won't give his name. He would go on weekend outings with us, um, with the scouts. And he, by Saturday night, he was crying to go home every time, mm -hmm. every time. And this went on for a, a long time. And finally, you know, I happened to be there one of these weekends we were camping and I had wandered down and there he was. He was upset. He wanted to go home just like clockwork. And I said, mm -hmm. well, let me give it a shot. And so I used those four questions, you know, and I went over and I said, you know, what do you want? I want to go home. You know, we went through the questions five or six times. And finally I said, okay, I'm going to ask you one more time. What? Because his parents couldn't come and get him. That was the, mm -hmm. the glitch that okay. weekend is they couldn't come and rescue him. He had to suck it up and we had okay. to make him suck it up. So I finally, I said, okay, I'm going to ask you one more time. What do you want? And he said, he took a real deep breath and he said, I don't want to want to go home. Uh, and he startled himself uh -huh. out of his, his emotional state. Yeah. And he just, he said, I don't want to want to go home. Okay. So what are you doing about that? Because you're sitting here crying and that's not making tomorrow come any faster. You know, it's not working out for you. Do you want to find another way? And we figured out another way. And you know what? He never looked back after that ever. Yes. Um, yes. I, I even told that story at his, his Eagle Court of Honor. But, you know, he just he just was whew, off and running. And it was wonderful. But I think for us, you know, when we say we're fine, we're fine. Maybe we, we don't want to be fine. Maybe we want to break out of the fine because we want to be fantastic. Right. We just don't know what questions to ask or, or we're afraid of the answers. There are a couple mm -hmm. of different ways to go there, but yeah. But I love that, that story as that's such a great way to end this episode because it really makes you think, okay, it's not necessarily that he wanted to go home. He wanted to not feel like he wanted to go home. And that's something to really pay attention to because it's not necessarily that we don't want the thing. We want to not feel like the, that we want that thing or that we don't want that thing. Right. We want to get rid of that feeling, not the actual outcome. So good. All right. 
the question that I ask all of my guests before we leave, what is your hype song, that song that you listen to when you need to get pumped up and, and encourage yourself? It changes by the day. But okay. right now, it's Brave by Sarah Bareilles. Oh, yes. Such a good song. Such. Yep. I picked up on that a uh, week after I lost my job and it just resonated. I downloaded it right away and I said, you know, why have I not heard this song before now? Because you because were not fits. ready to hear it. And I was then it was then it, it was the perfect time and it showed up yep. for you. Yep. Thank you. universe. It. Thank you. Yes. We will put a link to that song in the show notes. Wendy, thank you so much for being with us. How can people reach out and get in touch with you if, you, if they want to continue the conversation with you? Sure. My website is uh, www.patapscocoaching.com. Okay, fantastic. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining me today on Fine is a Four-Letter Word. All right. Thanks, Lori. Loved that story of how she helped her Boy Scout mentee see how to manage his emotions and see that he didn't really want to go home. He simply wanted to not want to go home. Key takeaways from today's episode. Number one, the universe is always communicating to you. Whether you pay attention to what it's saying or not is a different story. But if you're not hearing, it will speak louder and louder until you get the message. At the same time, it's never going to leave you hanging without the tools or resources you need to get through a situation. Number two, we leave the scaffolding in place long after it's not necessary anymore. Number three, when you find yourself in a place where everything's fine, but not really fine, and you know you need to move, but you feel stuck, look at what you're getting from staying there. There is some benefit. Otherwise, you wouldn't still be there. What is it? Number four, once again, we talked about not bottling up your emotions, being okay with feeling your emotions. And then this part we haven't touched on before, controlling or redirecting your emotions in situations where it's not appropriate to just let them all out. Wendy shared the fun way she does that in regard to remembering her mom. Number five, asking yourself the four questions. What do you want? What are you doing to get it? How's that working for you? And do you want to find another way so you can find a path forward? Thanks for being here and subscribing to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Please share this show with a friend. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other women like you can discover the show too. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. And I'd love to hear what's happening in your world. Join me on social. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. And lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode, or maybe it's just before, depending on where you're listening. Look for it, you'll find it, because you always find exactly what you're looking for. Remember that. <laughs>